Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. saturate. We, we, well, I can give a demonstration of what it means to saturate. Here I have a sponge. And no, this is not holy water. It's just water. And if I drop this sponge in this unholy, just water, and let it sit there for a while, not push it down, let it sit right there. As you watch it, what you will notice is that the sponge just sitting on top of the water will completely be within the next 30 seconds or less, saturated with this water. This sponge today is going to represent you, the people that are here. This sponge today is going to represent you as individuals. So keep your eyes on this thing as it completely gets saturated with this water. And I'm going to continually lead back to this particular thing. Luke 6, 45 says this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Did you know that you are what you are right now? You are what you are right now. Whatever you are, you're that right now. Did you know You are what you are right now, not what you would like to be, nor what you ought to be, nor are you what you used to be. You are what you are today. Today, the real you is present and is shown by what you do and by what you think about in your heart. You are what you are today. What you meditate on, you are further The things that you allow your heart to dwell on today is building what you will be tomorrow and tomorrow thereafter. I said a lot there. I said a lot there. You are what you are today. Whatever you are, you are that today. And some of y'all are like, well, well, what does that mean? What what does that mean? Listen, my, my, my message today is not to define what you are or who you are. But my message is to show you that what you saturate your life with, what you saturate your idle time with, what you saturate your eyes on, what you what you saturate every your mind with is who you are today. Good, bad or indifferent. What you are today is what you are, who you are. Here's what we ought to do in order to really define who we are in Christ. We must saturate our heart with God's Word. 
I want you to begin to saturate your heart with God's Word. Well, well, well how, how, how do we do that, Pastor? Devote time to reading God's Word daily. Devote time to reading God's Word daily. 30 seconds, this sponge has been saturated with water. It's clear water. It looks like what it's saturated in, correct? If I were to squeeze it, what will come out of it is what was soaked up in it, what it sat in, what it saturated, what it soaked up in, what it saturated itself with. Clear water. You and I are just like this sponge. What we saturate our life with comes out. Now watch this. The sponge is who? Us, right? Right? Talk to me. The sponge represents us. I saturate it with clear, pure water. I squeeze it. What comes out? Water. But a lot of times, you and I saturate our lives with other stuff. Ready? We saturate our lives with busyness. And if I saturate my life with busyness, what I squeeze out is busyness. A lot of times, you and I saturate our lives with doubt and fear on top of busyness. And if I saturate my life with doubt and fear and busyness, when life squeezes me, that's what comes out. The purity is going away. The color has changed. And, and a lot of times, a lot of us saturate our lives with stuff that has nothing to do with God, with dark and dismal thoughts, with pornography, with alcoholism, with other things like that, and, and, and just impure things. And what happens is when life squeezes us, this is what comes out. We don't even know where we started. We don't even know what the beginning was. It was clear. It's no longer clear. It's murky. It's muddy. It's, it's, listen, it's not green. It's not blue. It's a mixture of all of those things. Why? Because we saturated ourselves with that. And when life begins to squeeze us, when we face challenges and issues, what we've saturated our lives with is what is squeezed out of us. And if we've not saturated our lives with the Word of God, this is what we will, will produce. Mess. Not the clarity that we saw a minute ago. That was clear and pure like this. Why? Because we saturate our stuff, ourselves with stuff that doesn't look as pretty as this. No longer is it as transparent. No longer is it clear daily. Second Timothy says this. Watch this. Second Timothy says this. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. All Scripture is there to point out what is true and what is wrong in our lives. All Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, it's all there to point out what is true. And if we're saturating, saturating our lives with the truth, we don't have to worry about being squeezed by this dark muck you can't even see through, this swampy-looking water. 
And we have to saturate ourselves with the Word of God. Watch this. Whatever you've gone through in your life, you're not the first person and you're not the last person to ever have to go through it. There are people in the Bible who've gone through it. Now, let me make it even more current. There are people in your life who've used that Bible to get through it. You just need to follow their example. Saturate your lives with the Word of God. You know what, Pastor? I read a lot of Scripture, but it just don't stick. I I, I read the Word of God every single day, but you know what? It's not sticking. I don't feel it's applying to my life. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you got to give me something deeper than just read the Word of God every day. I don't understand wherefore thou art thou and all of that language. Well, there's other translations, my brothers and sisters. You don't have to be married to the King James Version. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite versions of the Bible is the message. It's almost a conversation. Matter of fact, they don't have numbers for each Scripture. They're like, they bunch the Scriptures up together, and it's like a conversation. It's very modern in its translation. It's very easy to understand. Is it still the Word of God? You're absolutely right, because we're not in a time where there was King James and, and, and Queen Elizabeth and all of them. We're in a time where we have President Barack Obama who says, you know, what's up and what's that, and does fist bumps and all of this good stuff. And we have to understand the Word of God in the language that we understand. Here's another thing I want to help you with. You know what? You know how you can, can devote yourselves daily to the Word of God? There's a method I use called SOAP. Say SOAP. SOAP. It's an acronym. And it simply means this. Scripture, there's a slide for it. Observation, application, and prayer. Scripture observation, application, and prayer. What do I mean by that? You take a scripture, read that scripture. You don't, I know a lot of people in here trying to do the Bible in one year, Bible in 10 years, and all of these different little challenges that we see. That's cool. That's, that's cool. But if, if, if it's not soaking in, if it's not sticking with you, if it's not saturating the scripture, then it's, it's pointless, in my opinion. If you want to do that just to say you struck it off your life goals, amen to you. No more power to you. But I think we need to read the Bible for purpose. I think we need to read the Bible. There, there's a reason why we should read it, not just to, to, to accomplish a goal and say, hey, I read the Bible in a year. Yay. Quote, quote at least three scriptures of it. Tell me how they apply to your life. How did they become relevant to you? Uh, I don't know, but I know there's a story that I really like. Not good enough. But if you follow this devotion, this method called SOAP, I guarantee the Word of God will begin to come alive in you. And this is one way you can begin to saturate your lives with the Word of God. So you take a Scripture. You read that Scripture. And here's what I I recommend you do. Get a good study Bible. Why do I say that? Because study Bibles have, and many Bibles that are not study Bibles, right over here in this little section, they have a reference. So if you read a Scripture, it'll say, so, you know, I'll just give an example. If I read... uh, First Chronicles 14.1. I read First Chronicles 14.1. Well, there's a reference to also to 2 Samuel 5.11. So now I can go check out Samuel 5.11 and see how the stories kind of tie together. I'm saturating my, my, my life with the Word of God. So now, now that I've read the Scripture, I got the Scripture part, what's next? The observation. Now let me read what happened. 
the king, then King Haram of Tyre sent messengers to David along with cedar, timber, and stone masons and carpenters to build him a palace. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. What, 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 is, what is the next thing over here? Let me see what Samuel, 2 Samuel 5, 11 says so I can make sense. So then you go to that. I'm just giving you all example here in my mess up on this uh, podium here. So you jump over to 2 Samuel 5, 11. Now, what does that say? So he brought all of this equipment. 5.11 says what? What happened? What were they doing? Then King Haram Tyre sent messengers to David along with cedar, timber, carpenters, stonemasons. Okay, they say the same thing. Now, what does it say down here in this form? Hiram Tyre, although the meeting of these two neighboring kings is reported just after Jerusalem's conquest, it probably happened much later. So now I'm absorbing. I'm, I'm, I'm observing what is happening. Here it is. These two kings are battling, and one is taking uh, equipment to another to do something. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is you observe what is happening. So now, here's the fun part. How does this apply to my life today? And I can tell you right now, for us, this church, that applies. I just picked that out randomly. I just literally opened the Bible. I would not have picked out Second First Chronicles. But I picked that out randomly. And it applies. How? We're moving. We're moving to another place. We're going to another area. We're rebuilding some things. See my observation? See how I can apply it? What he's saying? Wow! I just did that on the spot. Not because I'm a master of scriptures, because I'm using this method called soap. And if you do the same thing, now here's the final part. Pray about it. God, make this word come alive in my life. Make it relevant, God. Let me use what I just read to apply it to my life so that I can have change and then also impact the life of somebody else. Now watch, if you read the Scripture and it doesn't apply to you and you can't find it, do you know the Holy Spirit is already praying and uttering words on your behalf already? So all you got to do is say, God, I don't understand this Scripture, but you pointed it out to me, so God, make it alive in my life today. What is it that you're trying to reveal to me in this Word today? I need you to make it clear and make it make, it make sense for me, God. Help me to apply this Word and make it meaningful. And I guarantee at some point during the week, God will reveal why that Word was relevant to you at that time. And the thing is, it may not have been to you. It may have been for your neighbor. It may have been for somebody else who needed it. Soap, that's the, the method that I use, and it works. It works. I just pulled that out randomly and was immediately able to apply it to a real situation in our lives as a church. Amen? Some of y'all might be moving into a new place, a new job, or whatever. You got to look at it that way. So soap, do that every single day. You know how long it takes to do a soap devotion? Somebody say, how long? No more than seven minutes. Anybody in here who's too busy to carve out seven minutes for our Lord and Savior? Mm, the church is silent. Devotion requires intentional time set apart for God. Even if that means I'm going to set my alarm 30 minutes earlier, I'm going to get up, I'm going to stretch wash my face, brush my teeth, whatever I got to do to get my bearings, and I'm going to jump right into that Scripture. And we all can do it. Seven minutes? Anybody in here don't have seven minutes for God? Hmm. I hate to see what happens when you show up to the pearly gates. All right, this ain't one of those messages. Saturate your heart with God's Word. How? Devote time to reading it. How long? 
Huh? Talk to me. Seven minutes, when? Daily. Daily. Here's, a, here's what I want you to do, too. I didn't put this in the notes. Do it first thing in the morning. What did I say earlier? A lot of times when we, we wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off. Typically, it's on your phone. So you grab your phone, you cut it off, and next thing you know, you see that you got like that little red number on your Facebook thing. I ain't the only one. Don't y'all play with me. The red thing tells you you got about one, ten, or in some of y'all cases, a hundred messages or, or notifications. And so the first thing you want to do before you even get this stuff out your eye, you're like, oh, word, that's what's happening? That went on, whatever, whatever. And if you fell asleep on Scandal, you want to see what they were talking about last night. So you click to see who had their, their special stuff and what they were talking about, what Olivia Pope did. Yeah, we all do. Oh, or you missed the game last night. You want to see who's talking about the sports. Already you started your day off the way you wanted it to, apart from God. Man, I don't mean to talk like this to y'all this morning. I wanted this to be a happy message. But seriously, because that's what we're saturating our lives with. That's what we're saturating our idle time with. That's what we're saturating, and there's nothing wrong with it. Because let me tell you something. Wednesday morning, my wife and I are already making plans to go to the supermarket and get our knickknacks and snacks and our favorite beverage to watch Scandal, right? Which comes on the day after. I said we start Wednesday morning. I'm going to be on that couch with my wife, snuggled up with our beverage and our food watching that show. I'm with you on that. And after church, I'm going to try to watch me some football. I'm with you on that. But I'm going to make sure that if I got 24 hours in a day, that I give a great percentage of my time to God because he gave a great percentage of his life, meaning all of it for us. And I think that he's worthy of that. So I want to saturate my life way more with him so that when something crazy happens on scandal, I don't cuss. Like, oh, whoa, whoa. Like that opening scene last week, it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, Jesus. This is regular TV? <laughs> anyway, don't go rewinding it. But I'm serious. I was able to handle that because I was saturated with the Word of God. And I'm telling you, we have to do that. Make, listen, make, make that a priority. Here's the second thing. And this is so foreign to us here in this country because we don't do it enough unless you're a health guru, meditate on it. Saturate your heart with God's Word by, one, devoting time to reading it daily, and secondly, by meditating on it. I always hated that. Can I just be honest? I hated that, that, that whole thing. Meditate on the Word of God. And I'll be like, yo, I'm not, I'm not Buddhist. I'm, I, we don't do that. Christians don't do that. You know, that's so foreign to us. Can I just break down what meditation literally Means, I'm just going to give you the, the, the Webster di uh, definition, American heritage. This is what it says. To meditate means to focus one's thoughts on, reflect or ponder over, to engage in contemplation. Let me sum it up for you. It means take time out of your day to do nothing, sit quietly, and meditate on what you've read or what you've heard or your day. Can I tell y'all? Watch this. Y'all might be surprised by this. It's a shocker. All of us do it already. All of us meditate naturally already. You're in your car and you're thinking. You're reflecting. 
You're pondering. You're contemplating. But the question is, what are you meditating on? What are you contemplating? What are you pondering? What are you thinking about is the difference. We already do it naturally. Every single person under the sound of my voice meditates. You're thinking about job. You're thinking about the game. You're thinking about wifey. You're thinking about your boo thing. You're thinking about all of these things. You're thinking about church. You're thinking about whatever. Somewhere in your day, you are already meditating on something. What I'm trying to get you to do is meditate on the Word today. And I'll, I'll be the first to confess I sucked at it at one point. I was terrible at it. I hated people who was like, yo, you got to meditate on the Word. I was like, you are so super Christian. Get out of here. We don't meditate. We're not Buddhists. I didn't know that we were supposed to meditate. And here's what the psalmist says. I want to share something that the psalmist says. If you, if you go to Psalms 119, 15, and 16, it says, I will study your commands and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. And I'm not saying memorize a whole bunch of scriptures. I'm the pastor of this church, and I don't have a whole bunch of scriptures memorized, but I can kind of give you the context or at least an example or point you to the direction of, you know what, there's a scripture I read one time in the New Testament and blah, 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 and I will look for it and find it. I may not know it by heart, but I know where to find it. Why? Because I've spent some time. I've crossed that page at some point in my life. And here's what the psalmist is saying. He says, I will study your commands, and I will reflect on your ways. Do y'all know we already study? All of us. If it's something we want, something we want to do, something that we enjoy doing, we will study it, right? When it's time for the final four, we'll study the brackets. Come on, where my men at? Y'all know about, we study the brackets. We want to see who's going to win. When it's time for the, for the, for the, for the uh, 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 fantasy football, we study what's going on. We study what matters to us. And I want us to begin to study the Word of God because it matters. I want us to begin to really reflect on the Word and meditate. Get that in our spirit. I'm not asking you to memorize Scripture. I just want you to get it in your spirit. Meditation is a function of the mind and the heart. It is what we think about in our hearts, and, it's some, and it is something we, we do each and every day. Whether we realize it or not, we all spend a large portion of our time in some form of meditation. All of us. We live in a busy world where it's not commonplace to pause and reflect. It's not. It's not. Do you know other, some countries, they, they require, I mean, you, you, you try to go somewhere at lunchtime, everything is closed. Not here. We're in a country where, where on Thanksgiving Day, stores are open. We've lost the value of family in this country. And it's not a religious thing. It's a family thing. We've totally lost it. And what are we telling our children? We don't have time to even get together and break bread together because there's money to be made. And I guarantee the CEOs, and I'm going to get off of this thing because I'm about to go there. I guarantee they'll be home with their families. I digress. 
We've lost our values in this country. So much so, I'm guilty. Watch this. A couple months ago, maybe a month ago, I went and did a day retreat. It was a silent retreat. In the middle of the day, a bunch of pastors. It was at a retreat over in Sandy Springs, and, and, and it's a Jesuit retreat. And so the whole purpose of this retreat is for four hours, you get together and you go to this retreat, and it's silent. It's quiet. The only time you talk is before we go out and find our own places and pray. Now, there's, there's, there's the Chattahoochee River nearby. You can walk down and sit there, and you can go up this mountain, and there's a chapel, an outside chapel there with this beautiful mosaic. I took pictures. If you follow me on Instagram, I posted them and on Facebook. It's gorgeous. And can I tell y'all, I struggled. It was quiet. I literally struggled to sit still for four hours because I'm so busy. I ha- I, I, so I decided I would go and sit at this outdoor chapel. And so I climbed up the mountain. I find my little space, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm about to meditate. I'm about to get in the Word. I'm looking at this cross. God, give me something. I don't even know what I want to think about right now. Give me, give me something. And all I could think about was, I got I to gotta, I gotta do this. I got a gig later on that night. I had a gig. I'm like, okay, I got to make sure Erica picks up the kids. And I got, I got to do this. I got to do that. And then later in the week, we got to do this. And did I prepare my sermon? And, and did, dude, what am I going to? And I mean, as all of this stuff is going to my mind, I was so much noise in my head, I couldn't get quiet. Listen, seriously, I'm at this retreat. And all I kept thinking about was time. There's no way in the world I can be quiet for four hours. And I'm telling you, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I got to leave this little area because it's too quiet. Maybe the sound of the Tattahoochee will help me. And there's, you know, you can hear cars going by, and maybe I can get to that place then. So I go down by the Chattahoochee, and I sat there. And at this retreat, they said, you can do no wrong. If you are starting to meditate and you fall asleep, then that's what your body's telling you you need to do at that moment. So I sat there listening to the ocean, and the cars drive by, and the birds. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and started reading, got into Psalms. I said, if I just read through Psalms, I'll find something that's going to resonate with me. And I'm reading Psalms, and I'm reading I was out. I meditated in a different way. I was out. But here's the point. What I want to point out to you is the struggle. And I wonder how many of you, now I know some of y'all are like, man, I'm trying to get some sleep. That'd be easy for me, right? But others of us, we are so busy in our minds and in our lives that if you had to go somewhere and sit for four hours quietly and be in the face of God, it would be extremely uncomfortable. I'm the pastor, and it was terribly uncomfortable for me. So in the end, I says, you know what? After my nap, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to call it a day. And I'm just going to watch the clock from there. Because I could not get comfortable with silence. Because my life is inundated with stuff. And even in this moment where there was none of that stuff that was relevant, I still made that more important than this opportunity for four hours to be with God. And the crazy part, here's the part that upset me most about this retreat and that situation. There was a time when I was dating my wife. She is a witness. 
where I would get in the face of God for six hours, be weak. Be, I would be just drenched in sweat and tears from being in God's face. But somehow over the years, I've become this master Christian and got busy with life and don't have that same type of fire that I had before. And it kills me because there was a time where I was on fire. Six, four hours wouldn't have been enough time to, 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 to really have my expression and encounter with God. And I've lost that. And I miss that. And this is why this message is so important. This message is birthed out of that experience. Because I want to get to a place where I saturate myself so much that I, I, I just fall on my face and can't get up because I'm slain in the spirit by the glory of God. And I want you all to experience that the same. My wife will tell you, we would have prayer meetings that lasted a long time. I'm talking about hours. And the only reason we would stop is because my girlfriend and their, my boy's wife would be looking for us. They wouldn't stop ringing the phone. That would be the only reason we stopped. But we would keep on going for hours in prayer. And here it is. I have this opportunity to do that, and I blew it. I'm still repenting about that, but I'm going back. Oh, I'm going back. I'm going back. I won't be defeated by the silent retreat. I'm going back. I'm going to take it. I'm going to grab it by the horns and show it what I can do. Here's the third thing you got to do. One, devote your time. Devote, your ti- devote time to reading the Word of God daily. Meditate on the Word of God. Finally, intentionally apply it to your life. Intentionally apply it to your life. That is the hardest part for all of us. Because we read the Bible and they, they're, they're great stories. Can we admit that? Right? There's some good, juicy stuff that happened in there. I mean, there's some stuff that happened in the Old Testament that's better than any award-winning movie you've ever watched. Matter of fact, award-winning movies came from the story you've read in there. I mean, talking about, talking about wars, all the brothers in here who like war movies, man, if you read the Old Testament about the battles they fought, how some of them were outnumbered by thousands, but they took them down. If you just sit there for a moment and imagine David, this little boy with a slingshot getting ready to face this giant and he takes him down. Man, that's exciting stuff. I want to read it now. It's so full of adventure and thrills and stuff like that and, and action. Stuff that we watch now is based on that type of stuff then. But here's the truth. Those are not just great stories. That's reality. That's real life. That's reality TV at its finest, brothers and sisters. Before there was reality TV, there was the Word of God, Old Testament and New, with stories of people that really went through some stuff, and God intervened on their behalf, saved them from a mess, saved them from some stuff, brought them to a holy land, did some amazing things in their lives. He performed miracles on real people. These are not just great stories by award-winning authors. These are stories that were created by the author, and that is God. And he used real people like you and I to make these stories a reality. And that's what makes this book so wonderful. And if we just saturate our lives with this word and just see how God has done it time and time and time and time again, we can then see how he can do the same for us. There's a reason why this book is still 
the most sold book in the world. There's no other book that is sold as much as the Bible in the world. The entire world. This book is translated in every language you can think of, and it's still the best-selling book in the entire world. Why? Because it's still relevant. It's still applicable. You can still use it to figure out your way through some stuff in this treacherous world that we live in. But we have to apply it. And that's where it gets tough. Watch this. Let me tell you what Scripture says about applying the Word of God. James 1, 14 says this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Y'all, y'all have seen those people, hallelujah, all the time at the job, family members. Oh, God is good. God is good. Lord, God is great. God is great. Doctor said you have a, a lump in your breast. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to die. I thought God was good. What happened to your faith? Why are you worried? Why all of a sudden you have this concern on your faith, on your face? What's wrong now? Now that you're faced with some dilemma, what about that scripture you shared with me when I was going through my junk? Why is it not relevant to you today? Take that same word and apply it. We don't do that. We can give a good word. Some of y'all can preach better than I can in this room today. But the difference between you and I, I look like what I read. Not you, your neighbor, the person that's not here with us today. Don't be offended. Y'all got quiet. And the difference between you and them is that your life needs to look like what you read. That when life squeezes you, what needs to come out of you is the pure word of Christ, not the mess that you've been dealing with. When you're squeezed by the grip of life, when you find yourself in a corner, what needs to come out of you is what you've saturated your life with, and that should be the very word of God. And this is, what I, and this is how you begin to apply it. This is how you apply this word. It's simple. Watch this. It's simple. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, who? Not Pastor B? No, it's not me. Not, not, not your husband? Not your wife? Not your best friend? Mama, daddy, them? Auntie Pearl? No? Let God transform you. Do not copy the behavior and customs of the world. What is the behavior and customs of the world? I'm going to figure myself, I'm going to figure my way out of this thing by myself. I'm smart enough to do it. I'm smart enough to know who to call. I'm going to call my shrink. I'm going to call my pastor. I'm going to call my best friend. I'm going to call so-and-so. I can figure this thing out on my own, and then I'll pray to God. You want to apply the Word of God to your life, use God to do it. This is why it's so difficult. We try to take it and say, I'm going to fit it on, and it don't fit right. Why? Because you've not included God. And the only way that you can apply the Word of God is to use God. 
Ask God to intercede on your behalf. Ask God to make the Word of God clear and pure to you. Ask God to let it rest and resonate within your heart. Ask God to totally baptize you in His Holy Spirit. I dare you to do that today. The only way you can apply the Word of God is use God. Do not be conformed, my brothers and sisters. It's an ongoing action. It is not a once-in-a-lifetime event. You're going to constantly work against the world to live a holy and pure life. You're going to constantly working on not conforming to the world. Why? Because the world is providing easy access to information to make you think that that is the answer. Why? Because the world is constantly writing self-help books that are selling millions, and you think, well, everybody else is reading it. It's going to work for me too. The world is providing answers to your problems, but they're not the right answers. Oh, man, that sounded good to me. And when we go to the world, then we're conforming to the world. When millions of copies of a self-help book has sold, we think that that's the answer for us. And here's what happens. We go to it, and once again, we're conforming. We're doing what everybody else is doing. Well, if millions of people are buying this book, maybe it's changing their lives, so I'm going to apply it to mine. No, that's the wrong word you're applying, baby. Apply this word, not the word of the best-selling author. I won't call them any of them out. You can look on Amazon or whatever and see. This is the word. Remember, no best-selling author has sold more books than this one. This is still the number one bestseller in the world, probably in, in the universe. Mars is selling like this. This is selling like hotcakes in Mars right now. <laughs> Venus is coming up next. The Martians have already stuck, made claim on it. Come on. No, I'm being serious here. No self-help book is better than the book. The book. The authorized Word of God. Oh, man, I feel like I got some Baptist in me somewhere in there. I was getting ready to come on out. <laughs> this is why, my brothers and sisters, we must saturate our lives with, the God's, with God's Word daily. I want to share this little poem with you, and then we're gone. I want you to get this in. I put it in your notes so you can cut that little bottom part off your notes and hang it up on your mirror, put it in your car. Watch this. Think about these words as I read them. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. Mm. They become character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Do you see the natural progression of that? And it starts all with what? Mm, 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 mm. Pastor preaching today. It all starts with thoughts. And what you're saturating your heart with is what, you be, what you're thinking about. And that's what comes out when life begins to squeeze you. And I pray today that you commit your lives to saturating yourselves with the Word of God. And over these next three weeks, I've got so many other things I want to share with you. But I think the starting spot is the Word of God. Next week, I want to talk with you about what it means to saturate your lives, to saturate your heart with prayer. Ooh, that's going to be really, 
really good. If y'all know me, I love prayer. I love to pray because I know things happen. <laughs> oh, God, when you pray. I know from people in this room that things happen when you pray. Y'all have testimonies on your lips and in your hearts that you can share from God answering a direct prayer in your life. So be ready. Y'all, want, y'all don't want nobody in your life, in your circle to miss this. Invite them. Drag them here. Matter of fact, give me their number. I'll call them and say, yo, you need to be here because God's got a word and your name is on it. So next week we'll talk about what it means to saturate your, your, your heart with prayer. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.